Hey, this is Matthew's Table podcast channel. We wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and reminds you of who you are, but more importantly, whose you are. Enjoy. The- um, I just think as we go through life and life gets hard, you better know who's with you. And I just think, like, when life punches you in the mouth and throws you a curveball, you better know who's with you. So God with us is not just a cute saying. It's not just a Christmas saying. God himself is with us. And that is powerful. And that is something to meditate on. It's something to soak in. It's not just, as Christians, sometimes we can hear things so many times that it just becomes a saying. But like, as a church, like, really, like, I want us to slow down and to process what it means that God himself is with us today. I couldn't think of any better thing. And I know, like, for me, like, when life gets tough and when life gets hard and when life has a way of showing Nick that he's not in control, like, it's reassuring to know that God is with me and he's for me. So I'm going to start off with a quote I love, and it goes like this. This is why the Word of God, the Bible, is so essential in the daily, ongoing life of a believer. Because the very minute you close your Bible in the morning, you're entering a world that's fighting every truth and every teaching that it represents. At every single turn. And if God's message is not deep inside of you, where you can meditate on it, return to it, and frequently call it back to mind, you won't be able to discern what's really truth, what's really true, from what's really intriguing, really alluring, really convincing, but really false and really defeating. That's one of my favorite quotes from Pastor Matt Chandler. And just one thing that I want to declare as one of your pastors at Matthew's table is we believe that the Bible is 100% truth. We don't just like some of the Bible and take other parts that we don't like. From Genesis to Revelation, we believe that Scripture is 100% truth. At Matthew's table, we're going to preach from it. We're not going to skip over hard topics, and we're going to point you to the word over and over and over again. Because honestly, I or Roger or anyone can get up here and say 10,000 words, but none of them are as important as what Scripture says. None of them are as important as what the, the Bible says. So what the the Bible calls sin is sin. What the Bible says is truth is truth. Because entertainment and lights and, and fancy shows are good, but when life punches you in the mouth and your marriage is falling apart, entertainment and lights won't get you through. Like you better know that. And you better be leaning on truth when life has a way of punching you in your mouth. If you have your Bibles this morning, We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to pray. 
Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you're with us. And I thank you that you're for us. And I thank you that you dwell among us. Let us not take that for granted. Let us go to your word and meditate on it. And know it's for our greater good in Christ's name. Amen. Verse 1. The whole commandment that I command you today. And notice it doesn't say just part of the commandment that I command you today. Or it doesn't just say, well, the commandments you like that I command you today. It says the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing, clothing did not wear out on, your, on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. That's the word of God. These last two weeks, we've went over, God is with us in the distance. We've went over, God is with us in the valleys. Today, we're going to go over, God is with us in the wilderness. And let's just think about that for a second, that the God of all creation is with us in the dis distance, is with, is with us in the valleys, and he's with us in the wilderness. Do you know that most religions find that absolutely ludicrous? They would say that you need to work your way to a higher calling or a higher purpose or to God. But in Christianity, we say that God came and dwelt among us. We say that God is with us. And that is everything in that whether we're on 23rd and Allen, which is this building, or in Davis County Detention Center, I can say that God is with us. He's not confined to a, a building or a place. He's not confined to the box. He is with us in the distance. He is with us in the valleys. He is with us in the wilderness. I'm going to ask you all something. Have you ever heard someone, and I know I have, they cuss in church. And then they say, oops, my bad, only to go across the street and use the same cuss word. Or have you ever heard someone on the way to church, they're listening to Snoop Dogg, and they get in the parking lot and turn it to Way FM? I've seen that. Have you ever seen someone even, they have their church lingo? And then they have their home lingo, and the two just don't seem to match. But here's the thought. If God is with us, 
then he is with us in here and he's also with us across the street. If he's with us in here, then he's with us at home. And you can't separate who you are at church with who you are at work or with who you are at home. If God is with us, he is with us. You can't pick them up and put them down at your convenience. You can't use them at, at your uh, necessities. You, you, you can't say, God, I left church, and, now, and you understand I'm trying, and, and, but I, when I'm across the street, I'm going to cuss and do my own thing. And sometimes, to go even deeper than that, as Christians, we can make the mistake of thinking Anything that good happens to me just came from God. Like anytime that I got a raise, that must be from God. Or anytime that I get what I want, that, that must have came from God. And on the reverse of that, we have a way of thinking. When we don't get what we want, when we don't get a raise, that the devil's on the prowl. But check out what these verses say. They don't say that God led them straight into the promised land. They said God led them straight into the wilderness. And I'm going to tell you today that any wilderness with God is a hundred times better than any promised land without him. Every single time. Verse one, the whole commandment that I command you today. So that I command you today, meaning that it's not just a try to. It's not just when you feel like it. It's a commandment from God. It says, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. If you highlight in your Bible, highlight those words, be careful. I'm going to say that again for those so it really soaks in. Be careful. You should be careful to follow the whole commandments. You should be careful to follow God. You shall be careful to get in your word. You should be careful to pursue Christ. You want to know the definition of uncareful? I could give you a, a testimony of my life. But I'll give you the what the dictionary says. The definition of uncareful means, one, not taking care or care less, and two, having no care or carefree. So in other words, when God says, be careful, it's being the opposite of careless and carefree. It's being intentional. It's being deliberate. It's being purposeful about the things that I do and that I allow into my life. Being careful for some of us means I'm going to get in my Bible whether I feel like it or not. It means I'm going to worship whether I feel like it or not. I'm coming to church whether I feel like it or not. Some of us, to be honest, we're not careful enough. We honestly have this mindset of, it's just not that bad, God. Surely you understand. You know my heart. Or even, they're a lot worse than me. But I'm here to tell you this. If you're not dealing with your sin, your sin will always find a way of dealing with you. 
If you don't kill your sin, your sin will kill you. And eventually, you'll find yourself at the edge of a cliff wondering, how in the world did I ever get here? You don't just accidentally find yourself at the edge of the cliff. You know what happens? One uncareful step at a time. One compromise at a time. One small sin at a time. And I've seen this over and over and over again. Sin is never satisfied. You do a little here that leads to a lot later. A small compromise always leads to a bigger one. And the cravings only intensify. You never just stop at that small thing. It's I want more and more and more until that more just becomes normal and sin takes you out. So we must be careful to think that that's everyone but you. Be careful to think that could never happen to me because I've seen it happen to the best of them. I've seen like, man, what happened? Be careful. Verse 2. And not only be careful, but remember. Remember the whole way. Not just the parts that we like. Not just the the parts that make you feel good. Remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Why? That he might humble you testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Soak this in. Humility is created in the wilderness. Humility is created in the wilderness. Humility screams this. I would have never made it this far without you, God. I couldn't do any of this without you, Lord. I wouldn't be anything without you, Jesus. That's what humility screams. It doesn't point at me. It points at something greater than me because I know I couldn't do any of this on my own. And I'm going to ask you, like, have you ever played those dumb games when you was growing up where you asked one of your best friends, like, if you had a lighter and a knife, do you think you could survive in the wilderness? And a lot of you with beards are like, yeah, I could. <laughs> Well, really, you probably couldn't. Like, you, raise your hand if you ever played that game. Like, if you was in the jungle with a knife, do you think you could survive? A lot of y'all think you could. I know I couldn't. I went camping one time in my life, and it was the, one of the worst experiences that I ever had. <laughs> Rob and Amy was like, you want to go camping? I was like, yeah, I mean, sure. They was like, it'll be fun. So I was like, what do we need? There was a $29.99 tent. I didn't say all right, $29 tent. And all I know is this. When we went to sleep, it was hot. And when we woke up, it was freezing. And I told John, it's time to go. Why would any sane person like this? It was like putting myself in jail. Like, why would anybody want to go to this wilderness? And I learned it wasn't made for me quickly. I'm not even going to front. I wouldn't make it out. And that's a snapshot of my life in a small story. In the wilderness of my life, I couldn't survive. I needed and I need God's light. And the further that I would get away from the light, the darker that it got. 
But then guess what that did? It reminded me just how much I needed the light to begin with. So the further I would get, the darker it would get, but the darker it would get, it would always be my reminder, Nick, stay close to the light. You need the light. Gravitate towards the light. So I'm asking you this morning, do you know who your light source is? In the wilderness, do you know who your light is? It ain't you. It ain't your, 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 your best friend. It ain't your, even your spouse. They can't be your light source. It's, it's Jesus. John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So what God knew is that in the test in the wilderness, it would produce obedience outside of it. The test in the wilderness would produce obedience outside of it. Because as most of you know, I'm not trying to go back to the wilderness I was once in. Like, I'm not trying to go back. It it was dark there. It was ugly there. I learned the hard way one too many times there. Pride comes from this. I think I can do it again. I think I'm good now. I don't really need that light anymore. I can do it on my own now. That's where pride comes from. We feel like we're so important. We feel like we can do it without him. That's not me. And I know this, like, Matthew's table is not Nick Martin's. It's not Roger Chilton's. It's God. And just like God is with us in the wilderness, he's with us out of it as well. Just like he's with us in the valley, he's also with us on the mountain. Just like he's with us in the distance, he's also so close. And I think as Christians, one of our greatest assurances, we never have to wonder, God, where did you go? Like, that is a great assurance of mine. I never have to wonder, God, where are you? Where did you go? And I learned that yesterday, my wife called me, some of you don't know, my wife called me, emergency situation. She said, get home right now. You know, in that moment, I didn't have to wonder, God, do you know where I'm at? Do you know what's going on in my life? Where are you? God was with me. And that's assuring. And that's powerful. When you're going through the Man, when you're getting punched in the mouth to know who is with you, God himself, that will get you through. Point one today, be careful. Point two, remember. Now point three, be humble. And and Bizzle has a quote that I love, and it says, be humble or be humbled. And I think a lot of us could remember that. Be humble or be humbled. Verse three. And he, who's he, God, humbled you and let you hunger. Some of us, why, God, why did you let them hunger? And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And you would think what? You would think that these would be the most humblest people on earth, right? 
They had just got out of the wilderness. Like, God led them all 40 years. They had just been set free from 400 years of slavery, and you would think they would be like, praise God, praise God. He set us free. Verse 4 tells us their clothing did not wear out and their feet didn't swell in 40 years. And you know why? Because God says, I want you to know that I did this and not you. That I want you to know that this was my plan and not yours. And think about in that moment, like they're praying like God, we're hungry. They couldn't even, on their wildest days, they couldn't create manna fallen from heaven to have something to eat. They couldn't create this plan to, to part the Red Sea. Like they had to understand that God was with them and got them through. And I used to be one of those people that said, man, who were those idiots that seen the Red Sea part? And then question God. You ever thought that? Like I have. I used to be like, man, how could someone see manna falling from the sky for their food source? And then question God. Like, God, are you sure you know what's going on? But nowadays, I feel like an even bigger idiot because I've seen God work just as many miracles. I've seen God change the unchangeable. I've seen God give the hopeless hope. And I still find myself questioning. In hard times, I still find myself doubting. I still find myself asking, God, are you with me? God, where are you? And I need to be reminded over and over and over again, God is with me in the wilderness. That's what humility does. Humility has a way of reminding us and taking us back to who even got us here in the first place. Humility has a way of repositioning our focus and our priorities. And you know when I'm in trouble, it's not when um, things are going bad. When I'm in trouble, it's when things are going good. It's when, it's when I feel like I don't need him anymore. It's when I feel like I can do this on my own. So a lot of the times, it's not when I'm in the wilderness that I face the most pride, but the humbleness I lose when I feel like I'm out of it. In the wilderness, my prayer life was a little bit more focused. It was, man, like, God, I just need you. I want to spend time with you. In the wilderness, it was just, God, just help me out. Just get me through. I promise I'll live my whole life for you. I'll never turn my back on you. In the wilderness, my focus was upon God and God alone. Like, God, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I just need you. I need your light. and Just stay with me in the wilderness that was when I knew the most that God was with me. How many of you have been there too? A lot of you. Man, just the prayer life seems to be more intense. We got time for our words. We got, we got time to focus on God in the wilderness. And, and sadly, when we get out of it, it's, man, God, I just, I'm sure you understand. I, I, I'm sure like you get it. I'm just busy trying to do this. But think back to the wilderness you were in when it was, God, all I need is you. It's me and you, God. All I need is you. And not just any bread, but the bread of life. Not just any water, but the living water. Not just any light, but the true light. Why is humility so important? 
It's so you know this, that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Dr. Steve Lawson puts it this way. If you want to hear the audible voice of God, then read the Bible out loud. And I think that's always a good reminder in, like, God, I I just need to hear you. Like, speak to me, God. Like, where are you at now? And that's a good reminder. If you want to hear the audible voice of God, then read the Bible out loud. We are to get into the word until the word gets into us. And when you're in the wilderness, it's not good vibes and good feelings that will get you through. You better be leaning on truth. Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Hey, will you pray for me and give me good vibes? Well, what's good vibes? Like, what's that going to do? What power does good feelings have? Like, I need you to be praying for me. I need you to be pointing me to scripture. We need to be leaning on truth. Deuteronomy 8.3 is the same verse Jesus would use when he was tempted by Satan. I want you to notice that Jesus didn't use good feelings. He didn't use your favorite quote. He didn't he, he used the word of God because the word of God has authority. Matthew 4 verses 1 through 4. Jesus was led up by the Spirit, capital S, which is God, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, the tempter came to said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered three important words. It is written. Same verse that was used in Deuteronomy 8.3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Notice there that Jesus didn't use a Billy Graham quote. He didn't use your motivational speaker's favorite message. He used scripture. And here's one of my favorite reminders. Just because it sounds cheesy on Facebook doesn't make it true. Just because it sounds good on Twitter and Instagram and it's hashtag, it doesn't make it true. The church would always be better off going to what does the Bible say? Even when it's hard, I've been sitting with people, hey, Nick, what do you think about this? What do you think about this situation? Well, what does the Bible say? And it's not because, look, it's uncomfortable sometimes. What does Scripture say? We never let culture decide what, what, what we should do. We always go to the Bible. We always go to the Word of God. We don't let culture define how we live our lives. Every single time Jesus was tempted, His response started off with, it is written. Every single time. Deuteronomy 8.5 finishes off with, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Discipline is for your benefit. And it hurts. But if God puts you in the wilderness to get your attention, 
God is good because that's where obedience to him is learned the best. Worship hits different when you realize God is your only hope. Like, your prayer life hits different when you realize God is the only way. Your focus seems to be a little bit more different when you realize that God is, God is getting me through this. So as we're thinking about God being with us in the distance and God being with us in the valleys and God being with us in the wilderness, I think all three places have the same impact that seem to get our eyes back in the right place on Jesus. Like, whether I'm in the valley, whether I feel distant, or whether I'm wilderness, all three shift my focus back towards him in the right place. For me, when life gets hard, when I've had all I can take, in desperation is when I clearly see God is with me. As a church, I want us to challenge us to do something. My three points today are for every one of us to be careful, to remember, and to be humble. So I want us to take a moment to reflect on this, how close you and God once were. Like, I want you to really think about, like, how close you and God once were on how you depended upon God for everything, on how you, you would spend time in prayer, on how you would watch sermon after sermon, on how you would just stay in your word. What happened? What happened? Where did the drift happen at? Where, when did you get out of your word? When did you stop watching sermons? When did your focus become on anything other than God? Here's the reminder. Did you forget where God has brought you from? Notice I didn't say, did you forget where you came from? No, did you forget where God has brought you from? Did you forget that he brought you out of the wilderness? Did you forget that he gave you freedom? Did you forget that he gave you forgiveness? Did you forget that he gave you grace and mercy? I'm here today to remind you of one thing, and that our Father is good and he is with us. You don't have to question that. God doesn't abandon his children. He doesn't regret saving you. And if you don't know him, know this today, that he can save you. Like God is with us. God, the creator of the universe, is with us. He's, he's with you. He's not far off. You don't have to second guess. Where are you, God? He's right here. So the altar will be open if you want prayer. There'll be prayer warriors up here that would love to pray for you. But you can pray right where you're at. But never forget that God himself is with you. And I would be doing this sermon a disservice if I ended it any other way than it is written. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Jesus says this, come to me. Man, this is as powerful two scriptures. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, 
And Jesus says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is written, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the wilderness, as we worship, be reminded that God is with you. In the wilderness, be reminded that God is for you. In the wilderness, be reminded that God loves you. Do not rush out of here on this last song. Let's meditate on the word of God and what, he's, and what he says is true. Meditate on the God of the universe. The creator of all creation is with his people. Let's worship. Thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those who sow into this ministry. If you'd like to partner with us financially, text all one word, Matthew's Table, to 73256. That's Matthew's Table to 73256. It's because of you this ministry is possible. If you like what you've heard, click the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You never know what God can do through your one act of obedience. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless.